What's up, Gorilla Social Workers? Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast with the Pumpkin Patch King himself, Jeff Moore, and yours truly, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both licensed clinical social workers who specialize in providing forensic psychotherapy to clients involved in the criminal justice system. We love talking about and sharing our work with you guys, our beloved listeners. Uh, Shout out to, and I apologize if I destroy this name, but shout out to Ophelia Carrillo, a new subscriber. We really help, uh, we really, we really appreciate all the new subscriptions, bigger and bigger audience. We thank you for your support. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha Counseling provides clinical services, case management, and peer support for justice-involved clients, including substance use, sexual offense, and all other court-ordered clinical care. Check out our website at the always modest utahsbesttherapy.com today to get started with your personal recovery. Uh, really good episode today. Jeff and I talk about emotional support animals. Obviously, you guys know there's a lot of controversy about this subject. Uh, you probably have have been victim to getting onto a plane um, with a bull mastiff sitting next to you, barking in your face, but <laughs> hopefully not. Either way, Jeff and I give you our opinions. We weigh in on this. We give you a little bit of the science behind the whole thing. Um, we really hope you like it. We look forward to comments. Please give us a five-star rating on whichever app you're looking into. Thumbs up, whatever it is. Share with your friends. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks you thank you guys for all of your support. Do you hear that? I heard the music. Oh. Is that that was like phased in and out real quick. Little, yeah. Is that like a warning sign? Ready, set, go. Yeah, that oh. was that. That was the end. That was the end of our of our intro music. Mm, okay, where yeah. you where you defamed my uh, gingerosity? <laughs> what did I call you? The uh, pumpkin patch king. Yeah, the pumpkin patch king. That that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, pumpkin pounder though. Why didn't you like that one? That sounds like a paraphilia. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wonder what like, like the, I think about being like in a pumpkin patch. Just you know, I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the 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 technical term for that would be. A, a, like you know how there's has like a fascination with pumpkins. Yeah, but there's like corporophilia, right? And gourd because yeah. it's a gourd, like gourdophilia. That's a, wait. A, the a technical term for a pumpkin is a gourd. That's in the gourd family, gourd, like <laughs> pumpkin squash. Yeah, a gourd. Gourd. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Am I wrong? I have no clue. Isn't it a gourd? I you never heard this term. I no. I I thought a gourd was. That sounds like. It's also used as like your head, but yeah, I thought that like you'd stab somebody, like you got gourd. Well, in Spanish, it means fat, like gordo. Really? Yeah. Oh. No, I I don't know. I think I think it. Well, I believe that gordophilia is what we'll call that. Gordophilia. Yeah. That just sounds cool, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Gordophilia <laughs> is your sexually obsessed with pumpkins. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Which is like what it. you? Which is what you had originally. Um, done the intro before you recorded and made me the pumpkin patch king. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I can live with that one. There you go. So, uh, how, <laughs> how's your foot feeling, dude? Man, you know, not as bad as it did today. Like, I'm, I'm surprised I'm not hobbling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's it. It almost is like, man. I. It seems like I was faking it because now I'm walking around without a limp. Two days ago, three days ago, I couldn't even. I was. I walked a good chunk of that hard loop. 
Yeah. When, well, when I, uh, it's like, uh, you know, when you, you come in and, and any, so just to let you guys know, those of you who are picking up here, we, we ran the, uh, uh, Ragnar Zion trail race today. And this is our first time doing a, a Not trail. Today, but oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Sorry. This, this last weekend, yeah. this past weekend, shout out to Theo Vaughn. Um, the, uh, we, this is our first time doing trails. Cause normally we do the Ragnar Wasatch back, the relay, which involves like a van. So <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, this is like, a, it's like a 200 mile race. And before you give us too much credit on that, you, you typically have, 12 runners that split that. And um, what's kind of cool about Ragnar is this is why I like it is like it, it doesn't matter your fitness level. You know what I mean? Like all shapes and sizes oh, yeah. can run this because there's such a diversity of, of like skill level. Right. And, and so you can kind of run this with, with how, however many runners you want. And so we've done like a 12 person team. We've done a six person team and essentially like you'll just have a runner who starts the van will um, drive to where they're going to. So let's say they're five miles away. The other runner will get warm, get ready. They'll pass off some sort of slap bracelet. Um, and then off we go. We don't wash, rinse, repeat. And then the vans have an exchange to where one van gets to go rest and the other ones go. And the thing about the road races are, um, you know, no matter how nice a van we get, and I swear we rent luxury SUVs or whatever, there is no sleep in those vans. Like they're, you know, you we usually get some like luxury SUV extended cab Navigator. with a trailer, yeah, and and it and it still is not enough. You know what I mean? There's no sleep happening on those things, and you're running. So this takes what more, a little more than 24 hours, close to. Yeah, more than that for us. Close to 30. Yeah, 30, 30 ish. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, you're up the entire time, and uh, and so the the trail the reason why we didn't do that this year was because they shortened it to a sprint, which was like a third of that, and we we're like, eh, that seems like a waste of time. So into we this trail run, and the trail run was different because um, I mean I got more sleep in this Ragnar than I ever have before in my life, far and away, right? Because you got to in in this one you had like a base camp. And you left from the base camp and ran these loops. Now, well, the, especially for you, because you always drive, so you don't get any sleep anyway. Right, 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 right. And, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I volunteered for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the this one was kind of cool too because, well, I don't know, it's cool, but also like this is one of those that the skill level doesn't it doesn't discriminate. Everybody is going to run the same loops. Oh, right. And all of them were. I mean. I was just amazed with the amount of dust down there. Like, Dude, trail running is a different animal. For sure. There, there's the dust. There's the, the, you have to consider to a degree each step you take. Uh, like, like for me with road race, road running, whatever it is, uh, road I can rage. Ro- yeah. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm, uh, when I have road rash, no, <laughs> no I, I, I can get into a zone. I can just sort of tune out, listen to whatever I'm listening to. And my feet just sort of do what they need to do. But like with, with trail running, you have to watch each step pretty much, you know, twist an ankle step on something. And my, my right foot sucks anyway. So yeah, like it it was just much harder. I, I wasn't able to train the level I wanted to anyway. Like I wasn't in the shape I needed to be in, but on top of that, it was also harder anyway. Like, I don't think I gave it enough respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a horse of a different color. That's for sure. It, it, it's, it's like, I mean, I, 
I had uh, I made the mistake of running those two hards right at the beginning, and <laughs> yeah. and I and I I mean I like the first one I did really good. I was but I had no rest, and then I ran the second one, and I was just not feeling great. Um, and then after that, everything was fine. But it was uh, yeah, it was definitely different. I'm not sure. I mean, if they have a, I almost kind of want to redeem myself a little bit, but it is kind of a pain in the ass getting all the stuff down there. I mean, that was fun. There was it was definitely fun. Dude, I gotta hand it to you. We probably had the most obnoxious campground there was at the whole thing, bro. You like I know I've already told this to you, but you like I was legit impressed. Oh with, yeah, like thanks. you went all out, man. Like I yeah the like the swag bag, like I'm, I'm using that now as uh, one of my bags. Uh, so, uh, if you're a listener, like Mace, Mace, uh, he, he, it's like the most thoughtful shit I've ever seen you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, remember it captured in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's never happening again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, it, like a swag bag with all kinds of stuff in it. Uh, that we had a gazebo that was set up like we we're in a rave, like glow in the dark stuff, like lights. I don't know. It was uh, elk TV, yeah. not TV dinners, not, not an actual uh, hobo elk. Dinners. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Elk we, we brought an elk down to ride around. Yeah, the trails, an, an elk that I murdered yeah. some <laughs> a while back, dude. That was that, that was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I told you, but um, I was uh I was just asking everybody. I, I started classes today. And I was asking some, or no, sorry, yesterday. And I asked my students, like, hey, what'd you do for your break? You know? And they were, and I told them about my, you know, going to Zion. And one of them were like, oh, I was down there. And I was like, and then I started describing our tent. He's all, I, I recognize your guys' tent. And I was like, really? oh, yeah, we were the most obnoxious. Oh, that's hilarious. In the whole place, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, quiet time, got in trouble a little bit. Quiet time, shmiet yeah. time. I'm not used to sleeping during Ragnar. Come on, son. Let's get real here. So, but, I mean, overall, net effect, I don't know. I think everybody had a pretty good time. One of our friends got sick with uh, something and puked his life away. Dude, I got sick when we got home. Um, I had a fever, went up to like almost 101. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, and then I slept it off and woke up fine Sunday morning. But, yeah, like, I think, well, Nita... Aaron and myself all got sick somehow, but I don't, yeah, I, there I was, think it was, I think Morgan's right though. What? Cause, cause I didn't, I didn't get like a gut thing. I like, it almost felt like a, like a fever, mm-hmm. but right about what, what'd she say? She said that it wasn't food poison. You were, you were worried that you had poisoned everybody. Oh, right. And I thought I, man, I was, I was like, <laughs> it was weird because I had conflicting thoughts about it. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I thought I burnt those hobo dinners, you know? Huh. Cause the grill we had like, yeah, it wasn't the food. I don't think. Yeah, dude. I, I, that grill, he, man. Here's the thing well, about the grill is fine. But. No, no, the grill was fine. But here's the thing about propane, and like maybe this is because I'm spoiled because I use smokers. But like temperature control on those things is just awful. Oh yeah. Like I mean, like, uneven. Yeah, it, it, you Hot. can't. Yeah, you have you have off volcano. Yeah. Or or, or off. yeah or off <laughs> is what you got. Like there's yeah. no in between. Yeah. And it's just constant movement, even when you move those. But those those disposable grills were uh, really awesome. Oh my god, what a horrible brand! Let me tell you guys, I don't even remember the brand because that's how disappointed I am. But let's if you, do the opposite of an advertisement, right? So <laughs> if you ever go to Home Depot and you see, like in the barbecue section of Home Depot, which does exist, by the way, um, and there's an option for like these disposable grills, which I thought was kind of cool because it, it looked kind of cool. And I was like, oh, okay, you put those on there and you take them off, you know, whatever. Do not, under any circumstances, buy those. Splurge and spend spend the extra $10 for a reusable grill that you can use on your propane grill and just go that way. Because 
we turned those things in and, and maybe this was it because those things melted. They probably went into our food and we just ate the, Oh my God, you're probably right. <laughs> the melted, whatever <laughs> synthetic metal yeah, that was like propylene glycol or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, that, that's like awesome. immediately melted. They like warped yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Stupid. I was, I those was very, very unimpressed with those, with those things. But uh, I don't know. You live and you learn, I yeah. guess, right? So, okay. Well, we get away from those things. So, but yeah, I think overall it was a pretty fun trip. I mean, I I think if they go back to see, here's the thing though. I don't want. I don't want to say I want to stick to road races. I like the road races, and it's like in our backyard, so it's closer. Yeah. But it's almost like I want redemption on that trail run. You know what I mean? Just because we just didn't perform as well as we could have, and then the Agreed. next year we'll be better prepared. But but then it's like, I don't know if I want to waste the time on it either, you know? It's tough to commit to that a few days after the race. I bet we'll be in the mood for it again. Give it a few months. But, but like, man, I, I really think we should we should pack the team with all eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we got a little thing, big remember, for our with six. Well, I mean, we've ran ultras before, but here's the thing. Remember the, the extra one, the fourth one. That's a killer. I know, but my thing here is, is like, I don't know. It was funny because I was listening to some trail runners down there and they were saying the opposite. They were like, you do the road race? I I don't even know how you guys do that. What? And I, I know, I know. So I think that for them, it's just a, it's also different. Huh. I think it's just a matter uh, of okay. training. Fair enough. And yeah, but, but this is almost like, this is almost like when I said, um, that if I ever found anybody that scored higher on the clinical exam, that I would just go back and take it <laughs> yeah. just to score higher than them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels kind of like that because I, I don't you. need to go back there. I mean, the Wasatch back is awesome. It's always been awesome. It always will be awesome. Like driving all the way to Zion's just seems out of the way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was. We're definitely out of our element too. Yeah. A bunch of granolas down there. Yeah. It's not our shout not out to granolas, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, a little too crunchy. Yeah, there we go. Speaking of crunchy, let's, uh, and before, yeah, we start talking about that's your segue to emotional support animals. (laughs) Speaking of crunchy, let's talk about emotional support animals. So, so this came up, this topic came up because, um, yeah, good question. (laughs) So this, this topic came up because, uh, I don't know how we got to this topic. Actually. I think we just wanted to talk about like, um, you know, what emotional support animals, what it is. And, um, because it's been in the news quite a bit lately. Um, I, I know that the, um, the, what is it? The FAA, the federal aviation association, Association. (laughs) is that it? They're like kind of cracking down on, I saw a news thing on, um, on TV and it was, well, not TV, you know, nobody on TV anymore, but, uh, it was some sort of news article about people bringing in, somebody had like a peacock and they were trying to bring it in. And then there was a story of an ostrich and all this other stuff. <laughs> uh, these were emotional support animals yeah. trying to bring them on planes. And that sparked my a um, peacock. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> what? I know. Do you know, how, it's funny how peacocks get it. Like they, they just catch a break sometimes. Cause nobody cares about like, if you think about a peacock and a chicken, what's the difference? Well, their brains are essentially exactly the yeah. same. This, yeah. this goes to, I mean, while we're on the subject One's of animals, pretty. well, this is, this goes to my, my theory on, on like how much we care about animals. So you have two levels, you have cuteness and intelligence. Now, if you have both of those, 
we're not killing you, right? As humans, we're just not, right? Yeah. But if yeah. yeah, if you're lacking one or the other, watch out. Okay. And if you have neither, you're screwed. So chickens have neither. They're hideous and they're also incredibly stupid, right? Kill them. But peacocks are very beautiful, but also equally dumb as chickens. But they get a pass because, you know, they're beautiful. But think about it like this. It doesn't go the other way around with intelligence because rumor has it that pigs are incredibly smart. Oh, right. But those are the ugliest creatures. Nobody cares about murking them. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody cares about that. But yeah, it's like, I'm just telling well, you, well, that, wait, that's, that's it, how we, that's how we determine whether or not we're going to do something to animals like horses. I don't know. Well, let's see. Smart, well, like think about, beautiful. and again, this is very, cause I mean, go to a different part of the world and they'd have a very different take on it, but like, like dolphins and orcas, yeah, like they, they, I don't know that I'd call them cute necessarily. Majestic. Is that why they get a pat? Cause they're also smart, but like, I'm trying to think, is there a smart animal? I don't, do they get a pass? In the U.S. Blackfish. The, uh, people are way against cove. that now, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think people are way against uh, dolphins and, like, being captivity and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. I mean, that. yeah, I would I would think so. That's probably why they get a pass. There is a third category, though. It's not, like, majestic might be the way to look at it because, I mean, tigers, if you're looking at, like, a, a cub, I guess that's cute. But, by and large, tigers are more just sort of in the badass category. And, yeah. I mean, you, you've heard that statistic. There's more tigers in Texas well, in uh, captivity than anywhere in the world. So, cute I is think. not a great definition. Like, just, I don't know. Oh, Aesthet- that matters. Okay, aesthetically aesthetic. pleasing. All right. How's that? Fair. Yeah. So, and peacocks would still fit the bill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, aesthetically pleasing and intelligent. All right. Yeah. That brings us to emotional support animals. There we go. <laughs> Better than crunchy. Yeah. Crunchy. So, um, so we, I, uh, I actually, um, there was a, an article and this was an inverse and, uh, we're going to share this article with you guys. And then, uh, Jeff and I are going to pause and just kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, so this is, <clears throat> this is an article uh, by a guy named Dan Elliott. And this is probably the most recent one. I think that's probably why it came up. But I think he made a, a really good um, case on this. And this is the case against emotional support animals. Um, and the subheading here is untrained emotional support dogs don't just attack people. <laughs> so he starts off with a story. And this story is pretty bonkers, by the way. So I'll read it in full and then we'll kind of pause here for a minute. So it says, in 2017, Marlon Jackson boarded a cross-country flight When he got to his row, another passenger was already in the middle seat with an emotional support dog in his lap. According to Mr. Jackson's attorney, the approximately 50-pound dog growled at Mr. Jackson soon after he took his seat and continued as Mr. Jackson attempted to buckle his (laughs) seatbelt. The growling increased and the dog lunged for Mr. Jackson's face, who could not escape due to his position against the plane's window. Holy cow. Facial wounds requiring 28 stitches oh, were the result. Dude got lit up. I know. So, so, whoa. Okay. So, just initially, like you hear that, and, and I mean, that, that seems, that seems like there's a problem there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just picturing this poor guy sitting down, just <clears throat> like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, what, like, what would you do, dude? You, what could like, you do? You, you, so, so I, I mean, can you imagine? So, dude sitting in the middle seat, it sounds like. Yeah. And, and how awkward is that anyway? You're like, excuse me. Yeah, you know, you yeah. got to sit down there. I, to me, I'd be like, hey, do you want the window, bro? You know, like right. I would just offer it to yeah, him at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, at that point. Um, but, you know, so he sat down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you imagine the dog just sitting there? And that's a and it said a fifty pound dog. That's a pretty yeah, big dog. That's Lars's size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said. <laughs> Yeah. You're, all, <laughs> oh you're, all, yeah, you're just trying to buckle yeah, yeah. your seatbelt. That's all <laughs> you're trying to do. Well, can I switch places? With, can I sit next to the fat guy over there? Well, like, right. My question yeah. is: Is what was the owner doing at this time? Like, what's he doing? I don't know. It's got to be the same type of person that doesn't like tend to their kids when their kids are kicking the back of someone's seat or you doing think? something. They're playing. Yeah, it's got to be the same type of person. Well, yeah, because like I mean, I don't know. It, you know what that kind of reminds me of? That reminds me of just those like indignant people that um so like it it's it's coming it's coming into some pretty warm weather here in Utah, right? And one of the benefits that I love about living in Utah is the trails. And I go on trails and inevitably it, it and it, it's multiple. Every single time there's a bunch of people with their dogs without leashes, right? Oh yeah. And here's the thing. I know the story. Oh, he's a lovely dog. He would never hurt a fly. Like, right. Always. Got it. Okay. But that's also a beast. That's a beast you have. And when other beasts are around, like, I just don't know if you can predict their behavior as well as you think you can. Right. Absolutely. Or just any circumstance for that matter. So leash that thing. Right. right. But they don't. And then, and then maybe you do have a dog that's on a leash and it walks up. Then the other dog comes, runs right up to it. And then they get into a fight. Right. And then all of a sudden, the person person with the leash is the asshole. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, And then yeah. it's like, whose dog sucks more? When in reality, it's just the, be responsible. Right. Just be responsible. That's what it comes down to. That's literally the word I was going for when you're saying, what kind of person would not control their dog as it's ripping your plane passenger to shreds and like it's someone that doesn't have like personal responsibility they're not yeah like can you can you imagine his face like i mean 28 it, stitches is pretty well no, well no i'm talking about the owner's face oh <laughs> yeah where he he's just like he's just looking at the guy like don't don't say anything if you say anything <laughs> i'll sue you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or or something like i mean i I'm, I'm sure that the guy didn't want it to happen of course but i mean that that seems like if that happens once, you know what? What's the what? What's the the deal there? Like, I mean, at, you know, at what cost is is this going to happen? Because, and he, he, we'll get into it here in a minute. But, um, I mean, it it seems kind of obvious. Like, you have dogs, and I have dogs. Like, it this starts to kind of fall into the no shit category for me. Like, right. yeah, when my dogs around, I'm happier. What? Yeah, no shit. Right, you know, you right. know what I mean. Like, yeah. of course, of hey, course, dogs are awesome. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Make you feel good. Yeah. Right, and and I wonder, like, prior to this, how did people get by? You know what I mean. Prior to emotional support animals. Well, here's here's the thing, and this is what I wonder, and this is why I bring it up, is because I think that well, first of all, this does a pretty good job of distinguishing between service animals and emotional support animals, which we'll get into. Good. But here's my preface on this. I'm not trying to make fun of people who need emotional support animals. I think that's important. It's probably a good 20% of our listeners. Right. And <laughs> and here's the here's the other point about we'll this. We'll still make fun so, of So yeah, them. so no offense. My other thing is, is I've been asked multiple times by clients to Same. essentially write them a letter saying and and I feel like I'm completely unqualified because I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know I I don't know how to quantify how that really means. And it's and good the other thing is that. Me neither. Well, here's the other thing is okay. The cynical side of me, unfortunately, thinks that there's a handful of folks 
that are just trying to game the system, don't you think? Oh, yeah, so they can get their dog to move into their apartment or something. Well, the, the apartment – see, here's the thing. The apartment kind of makes sense, you know? Like it, it, the apartment reminds me of like the Good Landlord Act, you know? Like so the Good Landlord Act, if you guys aren't, aren't familiar with this, Weber County, they gave an incentive to, to uh, lo- like renters to not rent to felons. So you get like – I think it was like a tax write-off or a right. tax break if you didn't rent to felons. And so felons are going to become – I mean it's Ogden. Ogden, Utah. It's like the armpit of Utah. So <clears throat> you have felons coming back into into Ogden, and the question is like, well, where are these guys going to live? You know, and if they don't live in a normal place, where are they going to live? Oh, the slums. Okay, where they're exposed to a ton of like all of like clients that we work with, they're just exposed to other people like doing drugs, committing crimes, doing whatever the hell else is going on. And not to say that that's a destined you're screwed, but. I don't know, saturation effect, you know, birds of a feather, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So I, to me, if somebody created a silly rule about a about a dog or a cat not being available to be there and, you know, it, it, think of where that originated is probably just because of some irresponsible owners along the way. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think if you're – if you got a silly policy but you got a good good deal on a an apartment and – you got your dog in there. Okay, whatever. I mean, more power to you. As long as you're not causing more problems, you know, by it being there. But the airplane's just, it's like a different beast, you know? Well, so we'll e- well, either way, um, and think we could talk about how much we care, but e- sure. either way, you're still gaming the system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're just saying, I'm saying as far there's as like a, putting people out. There's levels to this. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, okay, you're not putting anybody out if you responsibly... If you get it, if you get an apartment and you bring your dog in there or your cat in there, you're responsible. You clean up after them. You don't leave. You don't. You don't let them ruin the house or anything like that. Okay. No one. And then when your lease is up, you're out. Like you're not. You're not impeding on other people's Mm -hmm. property or screwing over the next renters who are coming in there. And you're certainly not having them bite off somebody's face either, right? Right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I not think too much this, to ask. Right. And, and this is – now look, and, and I would say if that was happening, that a lot of this emotional support stuff would kind of fly under the radar. But unfortunately, what's happening now is is I think there's a handful of people who are incredibly irresponsible who are running roughshod with this rule. And if if it's not gotten under control, I think they're going to ruin it for people who need it. You know, so what, like, as far as irresponsible behavior, like, I guess the example you just read is, is one, but like, what are you, what are you seeing? Like what, what would fall into the category of like, all right, this, this person, whether or not they need an emotional support animal is now inconveniencing everyone around them through their irresponsible management of their animal. Uh, I, I think if, um, you know, okay. So I've seen dogs on airplanes before. Usually when I see them, it's some like purse dog, you know, that just looks cute and I'm oh cute, you know. The end, and and I don't really care about it. So I think to the degree that it's it's um, not not like here. My my thing is is people. I love it when people are like jumping onto like a frontier flight or something. Shout out to Frontier, by the way. But like you're on a frontier flight, you're a bunch of sardines in a in a can flying through midair. You barely have padding on your seat, <laughs> and and you know the expectation is all I want is to have a relaxing flight. Good luck under any circumstances. I don't care if you're in there by yourself. It's going to suck, right? So if they get mad at like a baby being on board or something like that, like uh, get real, dude. Like they paid for the ticket too. You know, it, it's totally different. But but I remember I had to uh, – I don't think 
I think I it was either me or a family member who shipped a dog, and that and the dog they had to pay for the dog to be checked, and it flew under the under the airplane, like in the, oh, okay. with the luggage, yeah. right? And no harm, no foul, you know. And and that was it. That was how they did it. So I'm just saying again, this I have no clue. I'm saying the cynical side of me assumes that there's a handful of irresponsible people that are just gaming the system to get a free ride with their dog on board. I think right? that's a safe assumption. Right. And and as a result of that, other people are having like homeboy are having to suffer as a result of that. And I think that is not only crossing the line, but I also think that that's causing a problem for people who legitimately need emotional support animals. And it's turning it into kind of a a joke, you know, it's it's turning into a joke for people who might actually need something like this. Like imagine you had a fighter pilot who was getting on board an airplane who had PTSD from getting shot down and he had a pug with him <laughs> or some innocuous dog. Mm-hmm. And and that and n- now he's prohibited from bringing that on the plane with him because somebody decided to bring a baby elephant on board or something. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that at some point or another, it seems like kind of a dick move to be doing this to a degree that's going to affect other people. That's just seems, I don't know. Well, how would you like, I, I, I agree. But so how would we find like what the standard is or like I don't know. what should we read? What dude has to say? Oh, we got more to this story. Oh, dude, It's so much more. Let's keep jumping in. All right. So, He goes on to say, untrained support dogs don't just attack people. They attack highly trained service dogs. This is important as well. Sometimes ending their working lives. I can relate. I'm a visually impaired person partnering with my fourth guide dog over a 20-year period. In the past decade, I have increasingly needed to cope with clueless handlers, allowing their pets to interfere with my dog's work. As a professor of ethics, so seems like a smart gentleman, I teach students to consider first the needs of the most vulnerable. I wish I could teach the same lesson to those who risk public safety with their ill-trained dogs, okay. most of whom are emotional support animals, a category not recognized by the Americans with disabilities. Ah, didn't know that. Okay. So, I mean, so I, I mean, that's an angle that so I haven't a, even thought about. Like, mm-hmm. so, so just like I was referring to earlier about the trail dogs, right? You have a, a responsible person, and this is not – I'm not talking about like a – I think it's responsible if you're going – take your dog on the trails, of course, like yeah. by all means. But, you know, take that dog and have it on a cha- have it on a leash. Right. Like, and if you don't, then don't bring it with you. And don't assume because it's a nice dog around house and it's never bit you. Doesn't mean the other dog's nice. And, right. and again, the dog that's on the leash, like – well, like with Nita's dog – you know, He's the sweetest dog on the planet. Absolutely. Until he sees another dog. Right. And, and then, so Nita could have a Baloo on a leash. Yeah. And some jackalope doesn't have their dog on a leash and it runs over and gets murked. Yeah. Yeah. And Baloo would kill it. Yeah. And then he'd be a dangerous animal. Yeah. And he's not a dangerous animal. Right. But the thing is, is under the right circumstances, he's a danger to certain animals, right? It, it reminds, dude, he reminds me of this that. Is basic. He I mean, reminds, yeah. yeah, he reminds me of that scene in Finding Nemo where you see those sharks who are trying to <laughs> abstain yes. from eating fish. And then gets like, a whiff of blood. Yeah, he gets a whiff of blood and then he goes black eyed like that. When Baloo sees another dog, that's what I see. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God, watch that. Terrifying. Out. Yeah. Or, or any animal for that matter. He's just a, he's, yeah, he's like a, an, yeah, an unhinged beast, you know, yeah. and then he loses steam after like a minute, and then he's done. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it's just irresponsible on the other end. So so now imagine, you know, 
that's just regular old run-of-the-mill dogs. These are just, you know, dogs that I have in my house. Now, this is a service animal. And if you have an untrained dog that is willing to bite a dude's face, what's stopping him from ending the career? I mean, how valuable is a service dog, by the way? Lots of time and money spent getting those things up to speed. Right, right. And other animals. See, like, I think people... That's one thing, but like other animals, it's just a wild card. I don't know if it's predictable. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like if there's not better standards for emotional support animals that lean on them being sufficiently trained, then it kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a roadblock for legitimate use of either emotional support animals or service dogs. Well, right, right. I I think what ends up happening is the people who need it the most are going to suffer because they're not going to be able to now claim that I have an emotional support animal. Uh, they're going to ruin it for everybody. Right, right, right. They're going to, because you. you have a handful of irresponsible dopes who are just gaming the system to not pay a fee to check a bag with their dog underneath the carriage or whatever. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, I don't want him around that, all that luggage. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, he'll my be, dog's, he'll be fine. Yeah, my yeah. dog's terrified of Samsonite, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be okay. Dang. Yeah. So, okay, he goes on. Um, over the past decade, purported emotional support animals have increasingly appeared in stores, restaurants, and airports, while peacocks, pigs, and kangaroos. <laughs> what? I- <laughs> kangaroos make the headlines almost all animals found in no pet zones are dogs dog biting barking growling urinating and defecating are top complaints with one airline reporting an 84 percent increase in dog related incidents from 2016 to 2018 which i love that there's a category for that right but like i love it like see so this is not this is not just like, you know, we always talk about things that have kind of always been there, but haven't had a light shined on them. It seems like this is just getting more and more. Like, it just is getting worse over time. Like, the frequency is going up. I mean, apparently they've been tracking dog-related incidents. And so, now, yeah, an 84% increase leads to conversations like this. And look at the dog in the picture. That's a bad dog. He's oh, pulling. Yeah. He's looking, he's leaning away from his Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the influx of inappropriate dogs has also generated unwarranted suspicion toward the approximately 10,000 Americans who, like me, partner with legitimate trained guide dogs. See, this is the problem. Animal animal public access in the U.S. is currently governed by a patchwork system of inconsistent laws creating confusion for people with disabilities, citizens, and particularly gatekeepers, the store managers, restaurant owners, and building supervisors tasked with deciding which dogs should be allowed in their no-pet space. Including therapists in terms of like, what are we supposed to do in deciding who meets the criteria well, for right. the dog. And again, and it's, it's weird too, because like, I mean, this is, it wouldn't be in our field or area, but we... We, we have to figure out a way like, okay, is this, does this client meet criteria for an emotional support dog? But also, okay, if the client does, like, what capacity do they have to manage this animal? Right. To what degree is the animal trained? Who's trained it? Do they, well, right. do do they have control over that? And, and, and if ever, so if you're like a, a counselor listening to this and you've ever thought about or you have signed one of those letters saying that, like, I wonder what liability you have at that point. That's what's kept me from signing them. Like, let, I don't know what that. Imagine, imagine you signed one of those, and 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 this was this was moving into like I think about some of our clients, right? And um, a lot of our clients live in like communal living or something like that, right? And so they have roommates, in other words. Talking um, about jail? No, 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 
communal living. I don't know why. They have roommates. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's say that the apartment complex said no animals allowed. And your client comes to you and says, hey, can I get can I get a, a letter from my emotional support animal? And then he goes in there and there's there's four other roommates in there. And uh, and then that dog attacks one of the roommates to the degree that he has to get medical attention. And then that guy says, I'm going to sue you. And then that lawyer says, well, how did you get authorized to get this animal inside this apartment complex? He said, well, my therapist, Jeff, said I could. Mm. I, I mean, I, 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 now those are horror stories, right? And I know you can just write it off and say, oh, that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, what if, what if anything were to happen? I don't know what my client's going to do with that letter. I don't know where they're going to take that. I don't know what they're going to, who they're going to show that to. And I, I certainly, I'm not taking responsibility just for my client. I'm also taking responsibility for that dog too. And, and that's that what makes it really do. murky for us right. is we're not trained to take responsibility for dogs or even know what goes into training them. Well, right. Yeah. You. I mean, I have no clue. No. I don't, I don't, there's not a diagnostic criteria for an emotional nope. support animal. Nope. Right. And I mean, look, I know there's legitimacy behind this because again, this, this to some degree falls into that, you know, no shit category. Yeah. Right. But I've also heard, you know, like, there was a, a recent study that was that was released that um, dogs with, to some degree, can smell breast cancer and or ovarian cancer. Like I know they're amazing creatures, okay. So I'm not denying that in some cases this probably helps, but I'm just saying that willy nilly approval of something that could be catastrophic seems a little bit unethical and inappropriate and unprofessional on our end as yeah. well, counselors as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, out of our depth. Yeah. Doing it. I mean, you know how you were talking about like, if we as a profession want to be taken more seriously, we need to like actually have higher standards in terms of like evidence-based practice, like doctors do, like right. sticking to it, that whole point you make, the this, this falls right into that. And if we just sort of have this feel good blanket approval of animals to appease our clients, uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it, again, just kind of makes our field seem a little bit laughable. Yeah, and not the the standard that we had needed. I mean, yeah, like as far as like the no shit category, as, as you were talking, I was just thinking like, yeah, when I take Lars, my fifty pound golden doodle, uh, on a hike, I bet I'll I bet I smile more frequently than when I just go by myself. It's like, yeah, he makes me feel good. Oh yeah, you know? just looking at him makes you smile. Exactly. Yeah, he's cute. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's and that's so yeah. It's that's not the argument. And because here's the thing is like I can anticipate there's gonna be some listeners that maybe have an emotional support animal that think we're being calloused and maybe we are, but I'm, I, I think if we're trying to look at it from professional credibility, mm-hmm. you know, like you and I are both animal lovers. That's not the issue. This isn't some like, Oh, people are stupid. They, they need their dogs. Like, like I'm, I mean, my dogs are, I don't, yeah. I mean, they're awesome. Yeah. You know, but the standard for us to decide like, okay, this person meets this criteria. It needs to be higher. And I haven't seen anything that would in the DSM or anywhere that would point towards a a standard for that. Right. And, and, uh, maybe there is, I don't know. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. And I mean, if I'm wrong, by all means, I I might be wrong on this. Um, here's what I would say to that though is okay. (laughs) For people who legitimately like, 
uh, we'll use an easy, we'll use a softball one. Let's say somebody has anxiety and then they're around their dog and they don't have anxiety. Okay. I'm, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you. And if getting on a plane makes you have a panic attack, which last time I checked is pretty uncomfortable. And if you have your dog with you and it lessens a panic attack, okay, well, we might have a case here mm-hmm. to say that you need an emotional support animal while you're flying, right? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Um, what I I think what we're referring to are the people who know full well they have no issues whatsoever and just lie to avoid paying a fee or inconveniencing their dog or just being incredibly selfish and irresponsible to the degree that they would have their 50-pound dog sit on their lap on a flying can of sardines in the air. Like That's, that's our target. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. the, because those... Those individuals, I mean, I'll, I'll say to you right now, you're you're irresponsible, that you're <laughs> foolish, okay, and and you're gonna ruin it for everybody. You're gonna ruin it for everybody <laughs> yeah, else who yeah. needs this because they're just because once once it's like, okay, so it, like there's no standard here. Well, then we can't have that. We can't have that because. When it comes to service animals, it's completely different. There's a huge standard. You know what I mean? So like here, this guy, yeah, this guy kind of goes on to this and he talks about, so let's see here. Um, So this is, this is kind of a good breakdown of this. The Department of Justice, which this this, the heading here is service dogs versus emotional support animals. The Department of Justice, which enforces the Americans with Disability Act, allows people with physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or mental impairments to have public access with service dogs who have been individually trained to perform tasks that mitigate their owner's disabilities. Now, that is crucial. They individually trained mitigate disabilities. That, like... Diagnose disabilities, right? That, so that makes way more sense. That's <clears throat> that's a lot more in line with like what we could call evidence based. Like if this German Shepherd is specifically trained to be a guide dog for a you know a, a visually impaired person, specific to the 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 person that can't see, that makes sense, right? This dog has been trained to do this function, right? To and mitigate the somebody disability. signed off on that training too. There's like a line of accountability. Yeah. yeah. The Department of Transportation, Department of Housing and Urban Development allows service dogs on public transportation and in housing, respectively, but also grant access to public or to people rather with mental and emotional disorders accompanied by emotional support animals, untrained animals who need only to contribute to their owner's emotional well-being as any good pet would. Again, falls into the no shit category. Technically, the individual individual seeking access with an emotional support animal must have certification of a mental or emotional disorder, which is a much lower standard than a disability Hmm. requirement of the DOJ. Okay. So like, for example, which is not untrue. Like if you think about, um, uh, uh, so if I, so listeners might actually not know this, but if I diagnose a client with, let's say major depressive disorder, right? Um, single episode or something like that, uh, that, that often will not suffice if a client is looking for like disability benefits from the government. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that would not then prompt, Oh, okay. Now I get a check from the government every month. So if you're in the category of now having a disability, then there, there, you know, there have been multiple tests and, um, you know, 
instruments used to determine that level of disability to the degree that the Department of Justice is saying, yep, okay, they have a disability. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying the mental disorder, although although tragic at times, doesn't necessarily qualify for that level of disability. That makes a lot of sense. Doesn't mean they're not disabling. Does It just doesn't meet that criteria. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, some mental health professionals have been willing to attest to an individual's need, in quotes, for an emotional support animal without having a professional relationship with them. And none vouches for the appropriateness of specific animals. True. ADA service dogs may legally accompany their handlers almost anywhere. Emotional support animals may not. For example, emotional support animals currently allowed in aircraft cabins are not legally permitted in airport shops and restaurants. Emotional support animals allowed to live in college dorms may not go with their owners to class or to the cafeteria. Online purveyors of official-looking letters, vests, and and patches guaranteed to get the dogs access to pet-free zones to take advantage of the confusion between service dogs and emotional support animals, liberally mixing the classifications. It's like stolen valor for dogs. (laughs) They also failed to mention that the individual seeking such accommodation must have proof of mental disorder. This omission itself is an ethical problem. So people will get like their emotional support dogs and like put them in some type of vest so they're like fronting as a service animal. Well, yeah, there's, I think uh, if we go, if we, if I'm looking on this thing correctly, I swear there is a, an advertisement on here for, or maybe not. Oh no, 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 maybe not. Um, but there, there's like a, <laughs> I saw an advertisement for, um, for getting your dog an emotional support animal certification and all you do is pay fifteen dollars <laughs> that's, that's the standard yeah, yeah 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 doesn't have to show any kind of behavioral no anything no, no right 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 so and, they, and it's coming from who knows you know like it, it, who knows where that's it's not, not come, it's probably some machine some, yeah right yeah that's sending those things yeah. out so so yeah like again uh, i mean it, to some degree some of this stuff is is and I and I guess listeners, I uh, some of, for those of you who have emotional support animals, I mean, don't take offense to this. If it's unless leg- you're one of the assholes, yeah, unless you're one of the assholes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if, if this is legitimate, then it's legitimate. That's what I'm saying. Is is e- this is because it's unregulated? The only people who can regulate this is essentially ourselves. We're the only people, like the people who are yeah. needing to do this. Like you, you have to recognize that what you're doing by bringing you know your kangaroo on board <laughs> which <laughs> that's great that's cool i yeah. guess that is kind of cool yeah <laughs> is is uh i don't aren't kangaroos like <laughs> are they so kind of pissy like yeah they're dicks they like they'll fight you yeah. yeah yeah they don't seem they don't seem they're like not cuddly no 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 they seem like they'd hurt yeah like just all Elbows and knees. They and are. Stuff. They yeah. are. Yeah. They they do look like they've got an awful lot of elbows and power <laughs> but, too. Yeah. Like just yeah. primed for doing something. Or like stiff. I don't know. That, yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it's just it's just cool. It is well, cool. Well, right. And and here's the thing: is it is just so easy to act as if you know, just indignant about the whole thing, like just righteous indignation about the whole thing. Um, Any criticism coming your way, just right. Right. Like, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying is like, that just seems, I don't know. Well, it, it undermines people that have like genuine uh, mental illness, uh, 
you know, it's kind of like there's, there's like standards to these things and people that will just feign outrage or indignance at, uh, anything that even sniffs of calling into question their, their emotional well being. It works really well because, again, I, I think it's great on one hand what we as a society have done to get rid of a lot of the stigma around mental illness. And, you know, people that make fun of mentally ill people, now they get roasted. That's good. But there's people that will, like, hitch a ride to that bandwagon and will manipulate people by acting indignant or offended when somebody calls them out for their pet kangaroo that's double kicking them through the door or something. You know, you know what it, you know what it kind of like what it, what it, what it reminds me of is let's say you go into a grocery store, right? And you know, Jeff worked at a grocery store by the way. Um, and, uh, when you were in there, did you ever ride, ride the motorized carts? I had a key. Okay. You had a key to those, of course. And, uh, as a kid, you thought that was the coolest thing ever. Now, I don't know, like as a young kid. I loved it. Okay. Well, you were an adult, but yeah, uh, I, so. <laughs> I was 17. <laughs> so, but, uh, but like, okay, there are people who, um, are just lazy. That's it. They have no disability. They're just lazy. Yeah. Walk in there and you know, this, I've seen it. I see it all the time. And all of our listeners have seen this is somebody just gets on that and they're just lazy and they roll around in a cart. Now imagine that like, I don't know, your 85 year old grandma, you know, who's independent with back issues and she's got whatever that was a sciatica or I don't even know what that is, you know, but she's broke her hip 15 times. She's walking in a cane and she, you know, she has those tennis balls on that, oh, on yeah. that walker, you know, yeah, that old trick. And it takes her half an hour just to get to the door from her car parked in the handicap. And then she needs a cart. Yeah. And some, lazy person has taken that cart. That's that's what I'm talking about. You're an asshole. That's, yeah, You're an asshole. That's these people. You took yep. that away from that person who needed it. And that's what these people are going to do. They're going to take that away from people who actually need it. Right. But the only people who can do that is, is themselves. The only people who are going to regulate this because there is no regulation is themselves. Like so we're you asking, have to be responsible. We're asking jerks to take... First off, we're asking jerks to have enough self-reflection to be like, oh, wait, that's kind of me. And yeah. then we're asking them to take responsibility for yeah. it and knock it off. Ad- admit you're a jerk and keep walking, mm. you know, like move on and say, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. It's okay. a tough sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of people don't like admitting that. Yeah. I admit it on a daily, but yeah. Yeah. it still doesn't seem to change. You never anything. do anything about it. Uh, I know. Yeah. Okay. And then last year, let's see here. Uh, predicament for gatekeepers. This is kind of astounding. Gatekeepers have to weigh the consequences of confronting an individual accompanied by a dog. Denial of access to a disabled handler with a legitimate service dog can result in a $10,000 fine by the DOJ. The fine for a handler who falsely portrays a pet as a service dog or emotional support animal ranges from $100 to $1,000. Well, look at that disparity. And happens only if the handler supplies identification and waits for the police. Wait, wait, let me, so what are those numbers? So it's it's ten thousand. It's a ten thousand dollar fine. If, if you're the gatekeeper and you say no, you can't come in here, and it's a legitimate service animal. Oh ten thousand. Yeah, ten G's. But if you're if you're if you're a fraud, yeah, if you're a fraud, it's a hundred bucks. If you have the bad sense to wait around for the police, like if you if you if they're like I'm calling the cops, and you're like, well, let's let's wait for them then, sir. Yeah, which how many times does that happen? Like if the jig is up, you're out of it. Really there. shows the incentive, right? To- See, and this is kind of like it is cheaper and easier for gatekeepers to just hope that the questionable dogs 
don't put patrons at risk. Airline attendants face an un- unenviable dilemma as passengers cannot escape aggressive or stressed <laughs> dogs in the tight confines of an airplane. Oh, you imagine, can you imagine like a, a Belgian Malinois like hijacked a plane? <laughs> You got, those, you got those John Wick yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love they like consciously hijack it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, damn, man, those those are intimidating dogs, though. Is that what they are in John Wick? Yeah, those are Malinois. Yeah, those are awesome. Well, yeah. not, they're not awesome. They're terrifying, but yeah. I mean, they're cool in that show. Yeah. Uh, there are recent signs that that DOT Department of Traffic, I imagine, and HUD Transportation. Oh yeah, Department of Transportation HUD. Homeland under department. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't housing care. under development. There you go. <laughs> are moving. Is it? Toward, I don't know. I don't I have yeah. no clue. All right. Um, are moving toward DOJ's more stringent regulations. On February fifth, two thousand twenty, DOT opened a sixty-day public comment period for a plan that would reclassify emotional support animals as pets and restrict free aircraft cabin. Uh, access only to service dogs. Yeah. HUD uh, recently posted new guidelines to help housing providers. Oh, housing and urban development. Okay. That's what that stands for. Okay. Uh, housing providers better determine animal access. In my view, more federal intervention is needed. Medical documentation disability should be the entry point for service dog access. Makes sense. Just as it is for handicapped parking permits. Offering a nationally recognized ID for service dog owners who voluntarily provide documentation would eliminate some fraud. Ideally, a dog's ability to behave properly in public should be proven prior to access and affirmed annually by testers, makes sense, who use a public access uh, test to verify a dog's manners and handling of disability-specific tasks such as develop, such as that developed by Assistant Dogs International or those performed by all U.S. guide dog schools. Some, yeah, argue, some standardization. Yeah, yeah. some argue do- documentation and uh, testing are burdensome or violation of a disabled person's civil rights. But physicians who diagnose ADA-defined disabilities already provide their patients verification for state and federal benefits. Behavior tests assure handlers, their dogs, can work, and their dogs, handlers, their dogs, there you go, can work in stressful situations. And ensuring public safety protects the civil rights of all people. Amen. So That's good. Yeah. Well, let's devil's advocate. So some argue yeah. documentation and testing are burdensome or a violation of disabled persons, civil rights. So, I mean, I, I think that that'd be really easy for, for critics of what we're saying to like find, you know, there's always like exceptions, you know, there's always like the extreme case and like, well, what about if somebody has this particular disability and they're unable to fill out the form like you have to you have to get rid of the outliers in it and if we're like we're looking for like an overall standardization process and there and and again if we want to be taken seriously as mental health professionals we we just have to get on board with the idea that things can't just be based on um the feel goods Mm -hmm. and just so because people like like what people do with that is they'll say well my aunt uh is an illiterate or something and can't fill out the form. There you go. And that like they'll, they'll, the people that make that argument hang their hat on that and point to this, you know, their disabled aunt now not having access. And I mean, aside from me just saying, uh, that's an outlier that, uh, let's find something user-friendly that everybody can do. Like it, how, how would you, how would you respond to somebody if someone said like, 
my aunt can't do this. I would say, uh, can your aunt get through all the TSA nonsense to get on that plane? Because if so, I promise you the tests are no less burdensome than that that's nonsense. That's a solid answer. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, like, because... I mean, uh, that, that tell That's me a, a more aggravating. I love, I love, man. That is so. Like you, you're sitting in there, and it, it's it's the most hurry up and wait. Like everybody, it's it's like there's a fire, you know. Like everybody's putting their those trays down and ripping their belts off and everything. I'm like, what is the rush here? Like what what are you hurrying? You know, for? if you need two trays, like by well, the time you get one tray off, someone else behind you is already grabbing the other tray. Well, I'm, like, I'm like, the belt <laughs> is moving as, as quickly as it's moving and we're not, we're not going to get the trays on any sooner. So like what's and pausing every 30 seconds. Well, right. Okay, what's yeah. the, what's the rush? Yeah. Like, and we're all going to have to go through this thing and go through some scanner anyway. So why are you hurrying? Isn't like, it the same thing though? When, when you land, and- Oh my, <laughs> Everyone like rushes to stand up, cramped underneath the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And they and and then the the people man, some of I like it when people just go crazy and they just boom right to the front. Like yeah. it, it used. To, I mean, if somebody said, "Hey, I have a connecting flight. Can I please go first? Sure. I of course. Yeah. Like or just wait your turn. Like. Everybody gets. I love. Everybody stands up, and you still have to wait for the person up there. There's yeah. one aisle. Uh-huh. Like you have to wait for yeah. everybody. Like, what are you doing? You're not no gonna- one else realizes this. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, hundreds of people do the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 the the most aggravating hurry up and wait scenario yeah. ever. So if you can get through that. You can get through the testing <laughs> yeah. to get uh, this service animal approved. Trust me. Yeah, right. So that'd be my argument to this. So I don't know. I I, I just say again, uh, stop being dicks if you're being a dick. Right. You know, like you're gonna ruin it for everybody else. And some of these people, I think, legitimately need that. And uh, you know, just I mean, I don't know. Just pay to check a bag, fifty bucks. Pay the extra fifty bucks. Check your dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. check check your dog. Like, and and I don't check, know. check your dog. Fool. Check your dog, foo. It seems like the air. Uh, man, I. Uh, it's almost like. You should like should incentivize it or something for a kid to get, which is sad to get people to do those things. But you really could do that. How so? I don't know. Just dogs fly free or something. You know, like have them go to the undercarriage. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then and then there's no reason to lie at that point That's because not a bad idea. It was like my idea. You remember how they had a hard time with um, some people getting off the flight, and um, it was so they would. There was a video. It was crazy, and uh, it was they they overpacked the flight, right? And they routinely do this, and then nobody wanted to get out the flight, and then it turned into like a fight or something. Some dude had to be carried off of the flight, and remember he was like some, and he sued him or something like that. Oh, I I, I remember a series of weird crap going down on airlines, right, right, like right. That. Which I was like, okay, if you if you do that, now now they're going to get sued, right? And they're going to have to pay a huge settlement for that. And, and what I was saying was, like, turn it into a bidding war among the passengers. Like, do a bidding war. Like, they said, we'll offer you, I think it was 500 bucks or something like that. No, don't, why stop there? Like, just turn it into the, because somebody is going to underbid the other person, right? So somebody's like, I will get off for $1,000. Dude will say, I'll get off for 800 I'll get off for 750 Somebody's going to get down to like 300 bucks sold. Right. You're out of here. Yeah. And because not only that, now it's turned into a personal competition between these two people. And, and now <laughs> they're now it's like, Hey, 
who won three hundred dies, you know, and yeah, he's yeah. out of here now. Those little like social nudges are effective, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't like I'll give you five hundred bucks. Screw your five hundred bucks. Don't even want that. Yeah. Just turn it into a bit anymore. Like get uh, uh, you know one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I, I would just say you're you're gonna think about the fines. You're gonna have to get a lawsuit probably against the airline for the homeboy getting his face bit off, which is what how however much, and uh, or or just. The airline float the bill for putting a dog underneath the, you know, bring your own kennel and put the dog underneath the airplane. Seems like it. I mean, I'm not blaming the airlines here. It's not their fault. Right. Just, yeah. Looking it, for easy solutions. Yeah. Just yeah. recognize people are going to be dicks. But, right. but all, overall, folks, stop being dicks. If that's you're being the lesson. Yeah. That's yeah. the lesson. I don't ride that car at the store if you're just lazy because <laughs> some 85 yeah. year old lady with eight broken hips are going <laughs> to, yeah. eight broken hips. Okay. We got anything more to say on this? No. Okay, all right. Well, that's a wrap, folks. See you next time. And thanks for listening to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Moore and Mace Warren. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all things related to forensic psychotherapy. As always, you can head over to utahsbesttherapy.com to check out our program and check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and wherever you prefer to get your listener fix. Please share this episode with your family and friends, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating, which really helps us out. You guys are awesome. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night.